Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here, and this is Hey Human Podcast. Thank you for listening. This is episode number 27, and I had the immense pleasure to have a conversation with Corporal Tyler Southern, and he is a Marine, and he is he has uh, seen two tours, uh, one in Iraq and one in Afghanistan. And when he was in Afghanistan, uh, he stepped on an IED, an improvised explosive device, and the blast left him a triple amputee. So that's pretty intense stuff. You would think that having an experience like that would destroy a person. I mean, I personally don't know what it would have done to me, but it didn't at all cramp Tyler style. This man is a complete optimist. He's got great energy. He laughs and loves and uh, enjoys the world at large. He's just, he's a bright light in the world. Um, And this is his, his story. And I think it's a, it's a really, it's a wonderful one. And I just re-listened to it when I was editing as I, as I want to do. And It just made me happy that he's out there in the world shining his light, and I'm glad you guys get to hear it. So the usual stuff, heyhumanpodcast.com, if you want to see links or, you know, read about interesting humans in the world, learn more about each episode. Um, And also, I'm on Instagram, heyhumanpodcast, facebook.com, heyhumanpodcast. And um, what else? You can also email me, by the way, susan at heyhumanpodcast.com. So feel free to, to drop me a line. Please, oh, also, by the way, it's on a Podbean now. So if you have a Samsung or a PC type of telephone, and, you know, a lot of people have the iPhones and, and then you've got iTunes. But if you have a non-iPhone, you can um, download the, a free podcast app, uh, Podbean. It's, I think the app is actually called Podbean. So you download that, and you type in Hey Human, and voila, you have the episodes. So that's pretty coolio. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, one of the things that Tyler and I talk about at the very end of the podcast, uh, I asked him if you were going to send care packages off to soldiers uh, what what should we put in those packages? Since you know he knows exactly what should go in there, and he said wet wipes are huge. Send wet wipes and things like t- um, toothpaste and eye drops because you know the desert's very dry uh, in Afghanistan. Obviously, um, he said coloring books are fun, crayons and coloring books, uh, just things of that nature. Candy. Stuff to get their mind elsewhere. T-shirts with states. He said that he wore a Florida state t-shirt and it made him real happy. Um, yeah, so just think about that. Maybe if you got some time and some inclination to send some care packages. Those are, those are some of the things that they really appreciate. All right, lots of love. Thank you for listening. Here is Tyler Southern and uh, enjoy. Hi, Tyler. Hello. How are you? I am good. Yourself? I'm doing well. Thanks for being on Hey Human. I appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. So, Tyler, Southern, not Southern. I wasn't sure. I assume it's Southern. 
Yes. Yeah. Just like the direction. Yes, exactly. So you have quite an interesting story. I met you through my friend Adam, and you wrote a song with Adam. Is that right? Is that how you? How did you guys meet? Uh, Joe Bachman is a mutual friend. He's a uh, country artist. He's currently the uh, leader of the Chives official band. Mm. Also very uh, good on potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of the Chives, but that nobody's heard of me, so it's all good. <laughs> Everything's equal. <laughs> How's St. Augustine? Is it beautiful? It's good. It was a little rainy today, but uh, that's kind of Florida summers anyways. Yeah, I went there once. Um, gosh, it's probably, it's got to be 15 years ago now, and I just remember it's so beautiful there. And I have all those cool, like, old, sort of haunted city in a way, but like a really pretty haunted city. Yeah, the entire ancient city area is awesome. It's yeah. uh, the oldest city in America, so, and a lot is of Is it places, really? So. Yes, ma'am. Spanish were here before we were. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's fifteen sixty four. Pretty oh my sure. Gosh. Wow, I didn't I guess I did know that, but I don't ever think about that. <laughs> but see now the Native Americans, they they had cities, they have villages, I guess. Well, uh, so yeah, like, that doesn't really count though, yeah, I know. Just, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I yeah, it's complicated. You got quite a lot of tattoos going on. Yes. Now, did you have that before? Did you, have you gotten all those since being in the Marines? Were you were you pre-tattooed to prepare for being a Marine? Because I know that's like no. part of, part of the outfit, right? <laughs> no, I I, uh, I joined at seventeen. Oh my gosh! Uh, I got I got my first uh, tattoo on leave after boot camp, um, and I had uh, I had what well, I guess what would be considered a lock before I got hurt, and then I got uh, a whole lot more after. <laughs> Wait, how did you join at 17? You don't have to be 18 to be a Marine? Uh, you, uh, the military, um, 17 is the youngest you can go in, but your parents have to sign if you're not 18. So oh. my, yeah. my father did 20 in the Navy, um, so the military was kind of what we all, it's the family business, it's kind of what we all did. Yeah. Do. Your mom too? Three. Uh, no, she was, um, she thought about it, she's a nurse. Oh, uh, okay. Hired after 32 years of doing that. Um, and uh, did 16 years with my dad while he was in his in the Navy. So she served as much as anyone else, really, yeah. but was never actually in. <laughs> um, and then uh, my two older brothers went Navy and Army. Okay. Yeah, my grandfather on my mom's side is Navy. So. Yeah, we come, I come from a huge Navy tree. We, uh, I'm the first Marine. How uh, did they feel father. about that? <laughs> they didn't care for it really at all. I, um... I'm the runt by a lot in my family, um, and no one really thought I'd do well. Actually, hold on a second. I got a picture right here. Okay. <laughs> are those all CDs? Holy cow. These are all movies. Oh, my gosh. You have a <laughs> lot of movies. Yes. I'm a thousand or so. Oh, my. Look at that. Holy moly. Nice bookshelves, too. Yeah. They're yeah. made specifically for my movies. Do you have a, what's your favorite movie? That's a dumb favorite question. Would, would probably be uh, Men of Honor. Oh, that's awesome. Look at that. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> handsome. Everybody's so handsome. <laughs> well, thank you for your service, and thank you to your Absolutely. family for your service. Absolutely proud. Do it twice tomorrow if I could. Yeah. No. So you... 
I, I find it interesting. I read a couple articles about you so that I was prepared to talk to you um, so I didn't sound like a total idiot or anything. And um, you had said that after... So just to fill everybody in, to give away the big giveaway, you stepped on an IED in 2010 and you lost both legs, an arm, and you've had a ton of reconstruction surgery on that, on the... But that's your left, right? Yes. Your left arm. Yeah. So... Um. Uh, I'm at 32 surgeries total. Um, my arm was probably 18, 19 of them. They had to rebuild me from the elbow down, basically. My goodness. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, holy crap, that's insane. But at the same time, it makes one marvel at science. Yeah, the medical process is something crazy. I, I have to agree completely. Yeah. They, uh, I've seen pictures of it uh, when it was on the table. Uh, you can see my wrist bones and my tendons, and I'm surprised they were able to do what they did with it. Um, they had to take part of my back muscle and put it in my arm and yeah. tie in all the blood vessels. On, and, on the left arm? Yeah. Yeah, they had to, yeah, they had to remove my uh, right lower lat muscle and put it in my arm as a filler, basically. Cause there wasn't I do look like Popeye. Left. I saw that you said that you had like a Popeye arm. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it just, it has, it's a very strange... Oh, that's so crazy cool. <laughs> yeah, that's where the muscle is now. <laughs> wow. As opposed to back here. That's that's pretty fascinating. <laughs> do you, so, do you find that, like, stuff with your back losing, that's a, that's a, that's a major muscle, right, that goes down your well, lat? Well, the, I, I still have the upper lat, so it oh, stops okay. about here now as opposed to down there. Okay. Um, and, uh... No, it doesn't really hinder me, but at the same time, I was I was bedridden for a while and then had to figure out how to do everything like this anyway, so it was all just kind of figuring it out. So I guess my upper lat is probably stronger than the average one, but um, I don't pull up a lot with my little arm, so yeah. I guess it's just, it kind of balances out. They took it off the side that wasn't there. <laughs> There's a bug, sorry. <laughs> There's a bug. Uh, <laughs> so, um... Wait, were you right-handed before? I was. And so you had to learn how to be lefty. Well, yeah, and it was that's a I get that I, I get asked that all the time actually. Um again, my hand and wrist were destroyed for the first year. My wrist wasn't uh I don't have wrist bones anymore. I just have a forearm and a hand. Um the uh and my hand is bolted to my forearm. Oh. But uh it wasn't that way uh for the entire first year. Um, on the anniversary of the accident, I had surgery to fuse my hand to my forearm. Um, so it was just kind of floppy and in a splint. Um, and the fingers didn't work properly and I had to re-strengthen everything. And, um, so by the time I actually was doing things with my left hand, it wasn't so much relearning with my left. It was more figuring out how the heck to do it. Period. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't work like a normal hand by any means, but, you know, it has saved my, uh, my, uh, comfort throughout my life. I, uh, I have a lot of things that I can do because of it. Yeah. Uh, being quadruple would have been pretty awful. Yeah. But I have a feeling you would have adjusted to that as well. Yeah, I can't speak intelligently on it, but, and I know a few guys, I know the five that have survived the two wars, um, and they're, they're all getting along swimmingly, so... I probably uh, I probably would have been like them and figured it out, but uh, 
it's just hard to wrap my head around it. Yeah, so you said that you saw a picture. Well, let's let's go. I'm going to write that question down because um, I, want, I don't want to forget that because I think that's really interesting. Um, I but have take photos of everything from me on the table. So let's go back a little bit. So in 2010, you're doing your first or your second tour of Afghanistan. Yeah, or second tour period, like you had been to Iraq. Yeah, I, I then... did Iraq first. Oh, okay. Then, and then Afghanistan is where I got injured. Okay, and you, um, you and your platoon are. So you guys are all on foot. It's your job to like go through and and check for insurgents. Mm-hmm. And, and we make were, um, go what like you want to do like a walkthrough of what happened. Or how it well, I mean, that's up to you. I don't know if that's stressful to talk about that, or you probably don't really remember once you stepped in the doorway, but... Um, I wasn't there. I don't remember the day of. I don't remember... I don't know what my last memory is. The days all kind of melt together out there anyways. Um, heck, it happened May 5th of 2010, and I don't exactly remember where I start or stop remembering. I know I didn't wake up till the 18th of May, though. Um, they had me in a medically induced coma. Um because the rifle went through my forehead and they didn't want flight and all that. They wanted my brain basically to heal up some before uh, I was conscious so it didn't swell and cause brain damage. Um, But uh, no, well, I was a mortarman um, by trade, uh, small cannons basically. Um, And uh, in both Iraq and Afghanistan, I had to operate as a 0311, which is a basic rifleman. and I would say don't let the basic fool you. Riflemen are the hardest dudes that's ever walked the face of the earth. Um, but uh, that's kicking indoors and doing all the yeah. face-to-face stuff. Um, all the insane adrenaline crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were, uh, they had uh, canceled all vehicle patrols altogether anyways, but we wouldn't have been in vehicles at any rate because we were going in a compound. But we had accurate intelligence that there were up to uh, seven uh, Taliban held up in the compound that we went to and it was eight kilometers from our patrol base um we were going to do that take it over get the bad guys out basically and then go back um and i was second team leader first team went around the front i went around the uh back uh that we couldn't see at the time with my team and then uh third team stayed there uh basically to watch both of our uh sixes um and then we came around the corner. We all missed the first IED that was buried on the front on the front corner there. Um, and then uh, turkey peeking the doorway, um, which is basically just jumping out. So if someone's waiting for you, you surprise them rather than you know slowly come around the corner and get shot. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, while turkey peeking the doorway, I uh, stepped on ten pounds of homemade explosives. I was buried six inches in the doorway bounced me off the wall um and then uh they set up the security cordon um but you know they the corpsman was with us so he came in and uh had people help you know hold my IV bag and help tighten up these tourniquets and things like that um and then the rest of the guys held a security cordon to make sure no one was going to ambush us while they were working on me and um upon uh EOD or yeah EOD checking out the area they uh they found two more so there were four IEDs buried all along the side that I took my team down um I was the only one injured thank god uh absolute victory um no one else even got a scratch 
Uh, and then from there, I uh, they said I stopped breathing a few times on the ground. Uh, got me on the helicopter. My squad leader called in the nine line. Um, that is the information he has to call in uh, to the helicopter so it shows up with all the appropriate equipment. Right. Yeah, they don't want to bring, you know, different blood or, you know. They're like, we didn't ask for an ironing board. What is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can't come. Yeah, they have to come with all the right stuff. So you have to give them. It's uh, technically 11 lines of information um, that you have to give before the bird can get there. Um, And a helicopter that was uh, on its way to pick up a guy who tore ligaments in his ankle. Um like by rolling his ankle, uh, got rerouted to me. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't on the ground for very, very long. Um, I just picture they, they know someone has stepped on one of those things and for all, for all the knowledge, you know, there's more. And so they're rushing to try and get to you without, you know, they have no idea where the others are, all the other bombs and, mm-hmm. or I guess, are they technically bombs? Explosive devices are bombs. Yeah, right? Right. yeah, they're, they're bombs. They're just, a lot of people think it's a landmine or whatever, but it, uh, in our case, there were yellow jugs filled with aluminum nitrate. Yeah. <laughs> That's some pretty heavy duty stuff. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've been told that uh, 15 pounds can take out a house. And I stepped on 10. I was told there shouldn't have been pieces for me to find. So the fact that they found a pretty hefty piece is pretty awesome. Let's hear it for the runts. Yeah. <laughs> is that your dog? What is that? I don't know what you're doing. Is there a puppy? A child? Come here. Come here. Is there a person? I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a baby. Hi, little hey, man. Uh, What's up? David, say hi. Hi. Come here. He's tired. Well, that happens. It's hard to be a kid. Hi, sweetie. Hi. How old are you? You look about two or three, maybe? Two and a half. Oh, yeah. I'm a good guesser on the internet. I'm I'm pretty awful at kids' ages past two and a half. Like, I, because I have something to go off of now. Yeah, now you have a marker. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it was like a six-year-old, and my wife's like, uh, they were like four. (laughs) The women always know. Always defer to the women. Well, she nannied for years. Oh, okay. She's got a lot of experience with insurance. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, he's beautiful. He seems to just hang out. (laughs) He just wants some huggins and lovins before bed. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to be passing out here within the next hour or two. Me too. You and I got that in common. <laughs> early to bed, early to rise. Yep. Well, and then here is. Did you say I want a pickle? Hi. How are you? Oh, another one. Our daughter's up. Baby. Aww. Now she, I'm gonna guess, is. Wait, let me see. She's pretty newer. I'm gonna go with three to four months to guess. Yep. She's like, seven months. Dang it! I'm hard to see with me. I'm better with after they get to be two and up. I'm babies I'm terrible with. I never know. Nice to meet you. It's good to meet you. Hello. So as long as you're here, I might as well ask you. So you guys went to high school together, yes. right? And then you had heard that he had been injured and was back uh, recuperating in the military hospital and you just went, I'm, I'm on my way to go see him. What, what, how was that all about? 
No, I found out on Facebook, actually. Um, and I ended up writing him a letter. But I didn't see him for three months, like, after he got hurt. So he got hurt in May, and I saw him in August, and he came home for his homecoming. And um, I just hung out with him the whole week that he was home. And at the end of the week, his mother asked if I would be interested in moving out to be his caregiver. I went home, and an hour later, I sent him a text and said, tell me when to pack my bags, and off I went. Did you know when you met him, Was did you go, oh, my gosh, this is the person? When I was... 15? No. <laughs> no, 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 not when you were in high school. I mean, when you when you saw him again for that, after the four months. I did. You I knew? I, 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 I don't did. know what I thought at the time. All I, all I knew at the time was that I wanted to be there for him any way I could. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. It's so interesting the way love stories work out, too. I mean, from something, you know, pretty insane to having y'all reconnect and then be together you, you know no nobody knows god's plan and it and it seems like insurmountable odds sometimes to get to where we're going don't you think uh, yeah i was saying my life's pretty awesome uh yeah everyone's out you know oh my god sadness and whatever else I'm like no i got two bundles of joy we're planning on doing another eventually at least <laughs> practicing right yeah you know <laughs> That's awesome. Nice to meet you. It's great to meet you. See ya. Have a good night. <laughs> okay, so you you don't obviously it you don't remember it, but when people retell it to you, do you just go, "Holy crap! What? What?" <laughs> um, I knew how a lot of everything worked, anyways. Um, as far as bombs going off and injuries and whatnot. Um, like I said, my mother was a nurse, so I knew a lot about first aid and medical terminology and all that other stuff from the get-go. Um, but, and you're all, you're, we kind of go in with a mindset that something could happen. Um, and, uh, for a long time, I always said, you know, to the guys and stuff before we went, you know, if I ever get my legs blown off, just kill me. I don't want to live through that. And then, you know, I'm here and I'm like, I've never gotten to that point in my mind where, you know, I wanted to end it all. I read in one of the, um, in one of the articles about the IEDs that the, they're so potent that they don't just take, you know, arms and legs, but everything, and that a lot of the guys have directives that if they lose their genitalia that they don't want to... Oh, well, yeah, and that's a whole other thing, too. They, um... For a while, actually, whenever I was first injured, um, the loss of genitalia was not compensated um what do you mean well you get a uh, when you get injured you get a uh, sgli um which is up to one hundred thousand dollars um and so much for for so much of an injury kind of thing um and uh like a limb is 50 grand i think um yeah one limb is 50 grand and then the cap is 100 grand but um and then if you die your family gets um, get they get money if you die to help with uh, expenses and things. Um, but uh, genitalia wasn't uh, considered a limb or anything like that. Like if you uh, if you were in an accident and it got blown off, like if you're just your genitalia got blown off, it you wouldn't have gotten anything. Wow. Yeah, you know, you know a purple heart, and then you know, sorry about your junk. But uh, since I've been injured, that got fixed. They uh, they 
you know, talked to Congress and whoever else and got it approved. So now it's considered a limb. <laughs> Every guy I've ever dated would have considered it a limb. <laughs> <laughs> Overconfidence. <That's good. laughs> so when you see pictures, like you were talking, what are you, are you making a, a potion? What are you doing over there? <laughs> Peppering food. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, it's a dinner. I'm so sorry. It's dinner time. No, no, no. It's a, um, she was. She did a photo shoot with Zoe, and uh, brought food back. Oh, um, nice. Awesome. Yummy. <laughs> hey, potatoes are my favorite. They're so good. I'm a big fan. Yeah, doing some barbecue. So, so when you look at the pictures, and you do you disassociate, or do you are you able to go, oh, wow, that that's me right there, or is it? Well. A lot of people, again, that's another question I get, um, you know, oh my God, like, does that, sh- is that shocking or does it, you know, break your chest in half and you just want to cry? I enjoy seeing how far I've come mm-hmm. and just the, the kickoff point was pretty low. I was, uh, I was really bad off for a while there. My left leg was opened up to my hip. Um, and most of my femur survived. Um, and just, I'm in awe of medical personnel when I look at them. Um, and just overall impressed and grateful and thankful for everyone being basically on point, you know, with their, uh, training and whatnot, uh, over the course of the 18 days where they were saving my life. Do you, um, do you ever... Yeah, I read somewhere else too that you said you would do it all over again. Was there was there ever a point along the way where you thought, "Screw this! What what the hell did I just get myself into?" Huh. Absolutely not. I'd do it all twice tomorrow. I would uh, absolutely do it again, uh, knowing everything that happened. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, knowing everything that happened and everything that um, could have happened, uh, I've. Absolutely, I would never hesitate to do it again if there was somehow an opportunity to do it. Why do you think that is? That what makes that different about you than other people? Because I, I'm sure other people in your scenario would would say, "Oh hell no." <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, just uh, I was intensely in love with my job. I liked what I did. I was great at it. I took pride in it best but I was in the upper echelon I guess um that was stripped from me and that would have been something very hard to deal with and um but before any of that could have ever became something that was you know a dark corner in my mind or any of that Ashley came back into my life and we started our relationship so I turned it into not so much my life was destroyed or dismantled but more so, this chapter is over. I don't get to do that anymore. So now, I want to, you know, put everything I got into this. You know, so I try to be the best husband I can be. I try to be the best father I can be. And because uh, a lot of people work very hard to basically ensure that both of them could exist. Um, so I feel like something somewhere needed them here. So. Does your older child ever ask you questions? I missed his name when he came in. Damon? Damon. Damon and Zoe. Did, did, did Does he ever say, hey, Dad, how come you look different than everybody else? Or is it just so part of his... 
he's not really talking yet. Um, he's getting, he doesn't have sentences yet. He's got phrases. Written. Sure. Um, but uh, that is something I'm trying to prepare for. Uh, I have a couple nephews who are dealing, and, you know, kid, uh, kids throughout my uh, life uh, that, you know, why is he different? Why does he look like that? Why is he shaped so strangely? <laughs> um, but, uh, and a lot of kids that I encounter throughout the day, I tell them uh, they fell off due to lack of vegetables. <laughs> or, you know. Uh, but um, I don't know how I'll react when Damon wants to know everything. Um, I figure we'll, me and Ash will address that whenever it comes up, but uh, I doubt I'll open up with absolutely everything. Um, but eventually I want all of my children to know all of everything, you know? Yeah. When they're old enough to wrap their heads around it. When they're ready. And they will know the name of my corpsman and the name of the doctor that saved my arm and my life. The the corpsman is the one that ran to your aid and started tourniqueting you and giving you the blood thickener and... Yeah, he, um... Yeah, we, uh... Every... Marine Corps Infantry Patrol goes out with a Navy corpsman um, attached to them. Um, so there's always a medical person. And we were all trained with first aid stuff. Um, so we all had the um, we all had the basis and then he was there. Um, he deserves medals for the great things he did. Not even just, not even just with me. But, well, and um, you were his first trauma, right? Can you, I mean, first, talk about baptism <laughs> by fire. Sheesh. Yeah, I was just uh, one of their training things they do as corpsmen is uh, the instructors they stab a pig a few times and um, oh. their job as corpsmen is to keep it alive uh, for 24 hours um, and he kept the pig alive for 24 hours but other than that I was his first combat you were training. his second pig <laughs> good timing as you just eat a piece of barbecue <laughs> Turkey. Oh, it's turkey. <laughs> yeah. We... Oh, your vo- your voice just cut out. Said it again. So I still keep in touch with uh, my corpsman. Oh, good. And um, also, the plastic surgeon that rebuilt my arm. He um, he's still the head of plastic surgery at Bethesda. He's a captain in the Navy. He uh, Robert Howard. He uh, all the orthopedic surgeons. Need their their training said cut it off, um, and the infections that were in my arm from the dirt, debris, and nastiness that's over in that country um, were running rampant through my arm. So their their what they were gonna do was just cut it off and call it a day, um, get the infection handled, and you know save my life that way. My mother would not sign the release form to actually amputate my arm, and they all the orthopedic surgeons basically washed their hands of me and we're done like all right we'll let the infection kill him um and then head of plastic surgery robert howard came in the room and said all right i got it and ended up rebuilding me from the elbow down yeah i was reading about the procedure he said there he basically kept washing the wounds to the point where all that was left was a bone and then took the back muscle and and started doing it that I mean reading reading the whole thing reading what had happened and all the surgery and I'm I mean I have a pretty strong stomach and I'm fascinated by that kind of thing but I was just looking at going oh, 
holy crap, man. It's just insane. And the, I mean, I imagine they were pumping you full of happy morphine, but my gosh, that's, that's pretty. And yeah. you're, you're conscious, right? I mean, not conscious when they're scrubbing it out, probably, but you were, you're, your awareness before you go into that procedure, you're like, oh, today they're going to bring what's left of my arm down to the bone. I, I don't know if people can really wrap their heads around that. Could you, before <laughs> this happened, could you have wrapped your head around it? I still really couldn't at the time. Um, the benefit, I guess, of getting hit uh, while in the military gave me everything they could think of. You know, I was on pain pills, antipsychotics, antibiotics, nerve pain pills, just everything. Um, and uh, so... And like I said, I don't remember it. I don't remember the incident at all. And then I was in a medically induced coma for 18 days. Um, so for the first, I want to say, I want to say week, but it might have just been two days. Um, I was kind of hallucinating. Um, in my when I went to sleep, my dreams were about Afghanistan. So I thought that was my day to day. And then when I was awake, I was in a hospital and then you know beeping and people talking to me. I thought those were dreams and nightmares. So wow. it took me a while to actually uh, differentiate with what was reality and what was dreams. Have you seen the movie Jacob's Ladder? No, I've heard the song. The, that movie, that reminds me of, of the this, this storyline of that, that movie. <clears throat> That's so surreal. Do you, <laughs> did you have any issues with, the, with that, trying to not take pain pills? Do you still have to? I'm, do you have, you know, like, the phantom pain that one gets... I, I get a lot of phantom pain. Um, 30 milligrams of methadone a day, um, which is the more physically addictive than heroin thing that they usually use to help people get off heroin. <laughs> um, and a, a myriad of other drugs. But uh, the second they gave me the green light, I weaned myself off of all that and went through the physical withdrawals and all that. And... Uh, haven't taken hard drugs since I, uh, I take Advil as needed. Yeah. Um, cause I have an addictive personality as you can tell by my movie collection. It is and massive. I, uh, and your tattoo collection too. <laughs> I, uh, I have a problem stopping a lot of things. So I didn't want drugs to be something I depended on. Sure. By any means. I try to, I try to handle, um, all of that as in-house as possible without having to go to doctors or any of it so what do you do with the phantom pain how do you i mean how do you stop hurting something that doesn't isn't it's your that that's your brain thinking that your stuff is still attached right yes ma'am um really 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 awful um something you can describe what it is that's happening which is something that was surreal to me Sometimes it feels like a red hot poker being dragged down my shin, or my foot just itches, or um, you know my right hand is balled up really tight in a little ball, and I you know I have to try to focus on opening my imaginary right hand. Um, yeah, there's just and but for the most part, it's weird little ticks, just like ow, okay, good to go, you know, or just a quick like Mickey jump. The equivalent of an itch, but more of like a prick. And it's over. But uh, sometimes it's, it's usually linked to my exhaustion. Mm. If I'm super tired or uh, or just basically my body's fed up with whatever's going on. 
um, it becomes worse usually. But uh, uh, there, you can usually tap at it and find the the nerve that's doing it, and you know, slap it till it stops, kind of thing. There's oh, a lot that's of just weird, weird little things. You know, I I wiggle my legs a lot, and people are always like, "You cool?" I'm like, "Never." Always. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, usually keeping mobile helps. This is a weird question, but since you're eating, it made me think of it. Do you um, did you have to adjust your your normal calorie intake so you didn't get obese or anything? Because you look really fit, and I imagine you lose some you lose some limbs, and so they're not requiring energy, but but your brain requires a lot of energy. So and healing requires gobs of energy like i know they give burn victims like fifteen thousand calories a day so oh yeah so how did you well initially i had the food tube up my nose yeah and i had to pump this big long thing uh into my body uh, a couple times a day um and i had a weird belly on me wait Um, a weird what a pregnant type belly like i just bloating yeah yeah, I ended up getting a weird belly going um, from all that. Uh, and then they wanted me to, if you eat some food, out. I'm like, stop feeding me through my face, and I'll get hungry and I'll eat. Um, that stayed in longer than I wanted it to. Um, I don't, I'm not a foodie. Um, I'm actually pretty picky of an eater. Um, and for the most part, I usually just, I eat so I don't starve and die. I'm not like, oh my God, I need food, you know, ever. Um, Ash is an amazing cook. You know, she's kind of ruined me in that sense. Um, I usually only eat one big meal a day, give or take. Um, I drink a lot of coffee in the morning just because I love coffee, um, which suppresses my appetite. But uh, I usually, like, I'll get a snack. I'll do a piece of, uh, like, peanut butter honey toast or something Mm. throughout the day to tide me over. And then she cooks dinner. Or we go out to dinner or whatever, and then that's usually the day I get a coffee galore, a snack, and you know a meal. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm a smaller engine now. I don't need as much fuel. Do you have a workout routine that you do every day? That's part of rehab, or that you just do because you like to do it? Um, I've fallen off the wagon a little bit. <laughs> on, uh, now. Uh, I so much for an addictive personality. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, it's a different kind of addiction. There, I guess. But, um, Running around on my prosthetics is uh, is pretty oh, helpful in, wow. the, uh, yeah. in the keeping me in the game. Are those uncomfortable or is it? Look at that! I love the shoes. Uh, you, that's awesome. Joker shoes. Uh, I uh, there. It's not cozy by any means, but there are ways. Basically, through wearing them enough. Uh, my body gets used to it to a degree. Yeah. Do you get calluses? Somewhat. Um, but I uh, I do an older method uh, where I just put cream on my residual limb and put the leg directly on. Is there a uh, bone in that arm right there that you're moving? Mm-hmm. It looks soft. Okay. Yeah. It looks really soft. Did it burn a lot? No. Uh, um, no. Uh, hmm. They had to go into my humerus of few inches and then uh the bicep obviously is made up of two muscles you know by uh, they had to remove one of them so this is way thinner than it would be uh right. i just have a sep or a unicep um 
And then on September of last year, I had an infection in my little arm that tried to take me out. Um, so th- when they cut that out, they made it a little extra pointy. Yeah, so it's... But yeah, there's bone in there. Okay. <laughs> How did you get an infection if everything was sealed up? Is that just something that happens that you'll always well, have to I, worry about? Or I use it for a lot of things. I grab things or I you know, put weight through it whenever I'm moving around. Um, and... Just like uh, women are always wondering why they got the little bruises all over their legs, uh, um, I get random little cuts all over my arms sometimes, and I don't know what it's from. Okay. Uh, and uh, just one of them got there after, uh, heck, almost six years at the time. Uh, finally got one. I got an encapsulated abscess. Uh, Sexy. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and it swelled up like Whoa. a softball. It was amazing. Um, got that cut out, and then six weeks of vancomycin antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. Well, the bugs are getting stronger, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. And vancomycin is like dumping gasoline into your system. Oh, like, gosh. It, it kills the good stuff, too. Yeah, you probably had to have fistfuls of probiotics after something like that. Yeah, I was, it was uh, six weeks of IV antibiotics, so I had the pink line in my arm, and we had the tower here i didn't have to stay in the hospital for all that but yeah three times a day like clockwork we had to get the tube set up and plug in the bag and plug me up and i had to sit there for an hour while the bag emptied into me yeah so you're on a motorized vehicle right now but do you do you generally move around in that or i was reading i kind of went down the rabbit hole of the google and i was reading that for some of the um amputee people that this with obviously missing legs so they're not walking unless they have prosthetics that they worry that they tend to get you know their obesity or their diabetes or those other things might crop up do you so do you try and maintain being on both like at um, home you chill out you're like i'm in my chair i'm in daddy's chair as my dad would say about his chair <laughs> well at the height of uh, when i'm actually at walking i've been really profoundly lazy with that i uh i've been out of my legs for the most part for about a year um uh i would walk for whenever we'd go out to somewhere like you know go to errands or a meal or whatever i'd wear my legs and leave my chair here all together and then just whenever we were home i'd be bouncing around in my chair um but now you know we have the ramp van so i can take my big ridiculous wheelchair everywhere yeah Uh, and it's just super easy to get lazy. Um, but I get down on the floor with Damon and Zoe and do my best to be playful and bouncing around. I do keep up with some calisthenics and things like that. Um, and I'm not eating a whole lot throughout each day. So uh, the actual staying mobile, I bounce around enough that I, I won't be getting any clots or anything like that um, from I even move around a lot in within the chair. Yeah, you're pretty um, bouncy. <laughs> Hyperactive you are. That's a lot of energy, I do. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. When you dream, do you have all of your limbs, or does it just depend? Um, both um, and mixtures. I uh, some dreams I won't. I'll have my arms, but not my legs, or. I won't have limbs, but I can still walk somehow or things like that. And, you know, and a, lot, a lot of times I'm whole, um, uh, limbful in my dreams. Um, but a lot of times I'm not. I mean, after six years, my uh, 
my brain's kind of got with it that they don't exist except for the whole nerve pain thing <laughs> yeah yeah that's so to me i find that incredibly fascinating and it's got to be absolute just hell especially like i think about when my foot itches and i have a shoe on it <laughs> i go insane i can't imagine if my foot was itching and it wasn't actually even there that would be so maddening there was there was a couple times in early on that I can distinctly remember where the back of my calf itched, and uh, like we tried, we kept trying to find the nerve, and I was like, look, look just re- just itch the area where it would be, and like she just itched the air above my leg, and we were trying tricks, and just for about eight hours one day, my calf wouldn't stop itching. Oh <laughs> God, that'd be so maddening. Oh my Lord. Awesome. <laughs> Okay, so I wrote something down here that you had said is the Southern family philosophy. What is that? <laughs> I must have said it at some point. That's not a uh, coined phrase by any means. <laughs> I doesn't call anything like that. Um, yeah. uh, we were raised uh, basically not to be victims at any rate. Um, so something like this, I don't sit in a corner and whine about it because one, I like talking to other humans and people don't want to talk to the little sad guy in the corner. Um, I'm loquacious. Um, <laughs> but uh, just a, there is, you know, go as hard as you can with what you got was always just kind of the bedrock of what at least my father uh, embedded in all of us. Um and, you know, I went hard with all the limbs and, you know, did well in the Marine Corps. And now I go hard like this and, you know, try to do every day to it, to it, its max. Yeah. And, yeah, basically uh, take what you got left and keep on pumping. There's no, there's no, don't take pit stops for too long, basically. So I'm curious, since you come from a military family and your father being having been a lifetime in the Navy and then you go off to to war, you go off to serve your country. I'm curious, did he have did he have any particular advice for you before you left? And then I'm also curious to know when you when you woke up, if he had any advice for you regarding your new state of being. Because <laughs> um, I'm sure he's seen well, a lot, right? In his well, career. Well, no, he um, he did 20 years total, and uh, nine of which were spent as a machinist mate, oh. where he the guys uh, keeping the engines running on the big ships. Um, and uh, so he was, you know, stuck in the bottom of the ship and loved it. He's a he's a grease monkey at heart. Um, but uh, and then he did 11 years as a recruiter. Um, he would he happens to be where I get my loquaciousness from. Um, he's got, he's got a degree in talking to folks. He'll talk to year off a politician and a Jehovah's witness. Um, <laughs> and he's got friends in every town because he's a networking genius. Um, but, uh, he did not want me to go into the Marine Corps. He wanted me to go in the Navy. Um, cause that was my plan. I wanted to go search and rescue and be like my oldest brother. Um, and do that. And then you know, one day I was just like, you know what? I don't want to go down a road that two other family members have already paved for me and you know dad i just did this joe i just did this oh 
I did that, you know, better 20 years ago and all that, you know, so I just kind of wanted to pave my own path and they didn't care for it very much. They, they ended up signing the papers, but it was a little bit of a fight. Um, Do you think they didn't because they, the Marines are, I mean, known for being the first ones on the scene and in the scariest, I mean, setting aside Navy SEALs, which obviously that's an elite force, but, but as far as, you know, the military branches... The Marines are in the shit. Oh yeah, we're in the thick of it. I uh, I also kind of pulled a fast one on my parents, like a butthead. But they signed the papers under the agreement that I was going to go air crew and work on helicopters and stuff like that. And then after they signed them, I changed all the things to ground option. Oh, they must have loved that. <laughs> my dad threatened to end uh, one of the recruiters. Yeah. Um, he basically thought they were pulling one over on me. Oh. But it was a big old, you don't understand what I want to do, so leave me alone. Um, it's a very parent-child but, conversation. Yep. And, uh, and well, again, going in, it was that. It was a huge argument. And, you know, he was going to be proud of me all the same. You know, he still welled up whenever I took, uh, you know, I stood and took the oath. Know still joining the military, you know, so I'm not a burnout or a you know horrible son. Um, and then on deployment or for deployment, uh, usually the advice ended up he would just it was almost like a mantra. He would say, uh, "Keep your head down, no hero stuff." <laughs> you know, head down, eyes open, no hero stuff was pretty much all he ever said. Um, and. Uh, I kept them as posted as possible uh, with the ways I could, you know, phone calls and things like that and letters. Um, but when I got injured, uh, he's, a, he's a man that's only seen like six movies ever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I was hurt, he was up there with me before I actually came up for about five months and he made me watch football. So I made him take me to the movies. Um and uh, oh, Dad, let's go see a movie. Come on, we're gonna see this one. That's one you'll probably like. What's the last movie you saw? Rocky. Which one? There's more than one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's great. But that's my dad. But uh, um, he had seen Men of Honor, so <laughs> I I always akin him to Robert De Niro's character in Men of Honor, anyways, because the character Robert De Niro plays in that movie is my father. <laughs> it's uncanny really but anyway um, so dad calls me Cookie all the time uh, because that's what De Niro called Cuba Gooding Jr. yeah the leg um, and just that's kind of a running joke with us he calls he calls me Cookie or Corporal all the time and people are like well it's a little formal and your dad probably doesn't like you very much we're like no he'd call me something else if he didn't like me <laughs> those words of endearment um <laughs> But, uh, so he was obviously there. He, my parents both were there from day one. Um, and my mother had to get back to work after a few months. Uh, I kind of put the family in financial straits. Um, and then when Ashley came, dad finally got out of there too. Uh, but, you know, they live right down, they live 30 minutes up the road. Uh, they both always want to try to help with things that I can do. Um, 
almost too much to where it almost be hindering my progress. Sure. Um, which, again, loving parents. As you say, they're acting like parents. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Loving parents. I'm their youngest um, and absolute smallest. My brothers are oxen. And now uh, you're even smaller. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, it's funny. I, I weigh almost as much as I do now as I ever did. Really? Uh, but you're, yeah. like I said, you're pretty solid. I mean, you're, you're a muscly dude. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, but, uh... So that was something that, in retrospect, would have really hindered um, my therapy and stuff like that uh, in the grand scheme. Because even when I go over to their house now, um, just, oh, can I get you this? Can I get you that? Can I get you this? Can I get you that? And I'm like, I can get it. I, I promise. I got this. Um, Ashley, if it was something that I could not do, she'd help me figure out, you know, how, how are we going to go about it? How are we going to do it? Should I leave whatever it is like this so you can get it better or whatever? Um, but once I could do something, she would basically never do it for me again, unless I was just frustrated, you know, um, which is what I needed. She ended up being both the rock and the hard place. <laughs> I think that's that's an exceptional woman you have. She is something else and then some. Yeah. I know it to be true. I'm never ungrateful. <laughs> Did you grow up religious? Negative. Um, I'm not against it. Um but I know I was not raised religious by any means. Yeah. I was just curious because the logical question for a person who was raised religious would be like, oh, are you mad at God or were you ever mad at God? But if you weren't raised religious, that's a silly question. So, Well, and I just, um, you know, I, I hit a low point or two. Uh, I want to say July 4th of 2010 was a pretty awful day. Um, I don't know if you dug up that interview. I did. Uh, I did. I read it. <laughs> Because that one's on the internet, too. But yeah, 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 that was a very awful day, and I uh, I gave up on everything, and then the next day kind of washed my hand of that and got back to being motivated. But um, I think people have to go through that stuff, though. You have to get to your lowest yeah. point so you can get to your highest point. I think it's yeah. such a human thing. Five stages of grief kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited that that one was very short-lived because, like I said, getting lazy is easy. Yeah. Um, Do you think if your kids come up to you and say, Daddy, Daddy, I want to be in the military, are you going to be like, cool? Or do you think there'll be a part of you that has trepidation about it? I'd be absolutely proud if either of them wanted to go in the military. Um, I would worry, obviously, and um, basically would give them all the information I have or will obtain um, to best enlighten their decision for job or branch or whatever else mm -hmm. um i'd be uncontrollably proud i would never try to stop any of them from joining the military um but yes a lot of me would worry um I'm, I'm, I'm so worried about tomorrow and everything else that i'm not i'm not even thinking 16 years down the road <laughs> you mean because of your kids i think that's that's a natural parent thing you worry about what tomorrow's going to be and it's a, it's a weird... Yeah, just making sure I'm handling everything I can uh, on the day-to-day. -day. Yeah. So, you know, Ash remembers when all the appointments are, and I remember to do the things I'm supposed to do. Do you still have to go <laughs> to the doctor yourself very often at this point? Doctor? Do you have to go, like, for checkups and oh, stuff? Oh, and... no. Oh, um, the v I have to go see the VA, like, once a year. Oh, that's and not they, bad. Yeah, they look at my body mass index and all that good stuff and uh, are oddly insulting and... 
things like that. Um, what do you mean? They, sure, they basically just make sure I'm not dying or killing myself. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. So they're insulting in that they don't give you enough faith that you're going to be okay. A little bit. Yeah. But, uh, the main one that gets me is body mass index basically evaluates how fat or not fat someone is. Um, and that goes off of your height and weight. If you're this tall, you're supposed to be, you know, this weight or whatever. I'm 3'11". It's a good point. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm 3'11", and I'm 156 pounds. Um, so by that particular test, I am like 48% body fat. Why don't they um, measure you based on what you were at your height? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I get, you got to look at me at 5'9". <laughs> yeah. 5'10", right in there. Um, but the lady was ridiculous uh, the last time I went in. I won't say her name for uh, reasons. But um, saying, you know, body mass index, you know, says 48%. That can't be right. And she said, I mean, you need to lose some weight, but it's not that bad. And I was like, lady, I'm doing all right. You look good. She's crazy. <laughs> She's crazy. I was so mad. I, I, I feel like she felt the mood change and just, I, I didn't really speak anymore after that. I was just yeah. like, well, tell me what you got to tell me so I can leave so I don't hurt anybody. Thus, get locked in a psych ward. Did you have any uh, PTSD after? I mean, I imagine, and does it still crop up here and there? If anything, um, I, yes, ma'am, I do. Um, I'm diagnosed with it. Um, but uh, in the beginning, it wasn't so bad. But I think it was mainly because I was worried about so much other stuff that my brain didn't let it creep up, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of things somehow have gotten a lot worse as the years gone on. Sorry, my, um, my nerve pain used to almost be non-existent. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, they actually, at one point, they did blood tests and dietary tests and all kinds of stuff on me, and we're going to start figuring out if it was something I was doing to keep my nerve pain away, um, so they could tell other guys to do it, too. Um, and then, like, three years out, I started having pretty bad nerve pain, um, which is super weird. No one knows why that happened. There's a weird delay on it. Um, and my PTSD was kind of the same way. I, uh, when I was living in the hospital and doing my day-to-day-to-day-to-day -to -day -to -day -to -day therapies and appointment and appointment and appointment, um, I guess I didn't give it time to mess with me. But uh, now, uh, it's off of moods, but, you know, a loud, quick pop behind me that I wasn't ready for or something falls, you know, I'll jump, get the ticklies up my spine, and then I, uh, you know, I'm real uneasy or hyper-aware for the next, like, hour. Um and then sometimes I just can't be in crowded places. Um, there's a bar I frequent um, in St. Augustine. I'm not frequent. I'm not an avid drinker. <laughs> um, yeah, that was probably poor, poor choice of words. The bar, when I go to bar, right. I go one in St. Augustine. Um, they, uh, one, I know all the people that work there because it's been years now. Should we give it um, a plug? What's the bar? Huh? Oh, Meehan's. It's an Irish pub. Meehan's? Okay. Yeah, love it to death. Um, it took me four years to get on the uh, hundred pint club to help you help you test uh, or gauge how much I actually do drink. Not very much, um, but uh, 
yeah, I know everyone that works there, and I know a lot of the patrons because of the, the times we've been there. So being in that kind of crowded area where I know a whole lot of people ends up being a more comfortable, homey feeling. And that's why I don't bar hop by any means, because when I go to a place I don't know and I'm surrounded by people I don't know, I get super uncomfortable super fast, and mm. then I can't calm down. I start sweating, breathe crazy. I don't, you know, anxiety gets to me really bad, and I just got to go outside and or just call it a night. Yeah. Uh, but uh, waking up from nightmares and stuff like that doesn't occur. Um, yeah, I don't get cold sweats in the middle of the night or any of that. That would have likely happened whether or not you had been blown up, probably. I read um, the book War by Sebastian Younger. Have you read this? I've heard of it. <clears throat> it's intense. It's very intense. So I can't, I mean, trying to wrap up your mind me trying to wrap my mind around someone living in that day to day i mean there's it's no wonder that everybody coming back with the ptsd i mean it makes total sense you get conditioned to the point of hyper awareness yeah my buddies will die or i will die if i don't pay attention yeah to absolutely everything you kind of don't even really sleep sleep it's like a weird pretend sleep yeah it's uh it's a lot like um when you got a newborn, you know, mm. just your 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 eyes are closed, and I guess your body's asleep. But the moment you hear a sound, yeah, you know, wow, like, yeah, we're, let's go, let's fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got mortared every morning at like eight thirty, so it was kind of an alarm clock, anyways. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> so, um, do you, if you were to tell someone. What would be a great care package to send over to military people? What would you say to put in it? <laughs> um, like people, I that, you know, you know, like just I'm gonna send a random care package off, and what's a good thing? I'm not sure if you can if you can put tobacco products in there. Dip everyone. Everyone loves dip. Someone will use the dip if you can put it in there. Um, but Do I they monitor know. what you guys get? And take it out if it's unhealthy, like you can only get carrot sticks or what? No, I'm not sure if, if you're allowed to mail tobacco products. To oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because I know you can't send alcohol, and they, yeah, they would search that. Um, baby wipes, baby wipes, baby wipes, uh, be a really good one. Um, a lot of people always send candy, and that was my jam, but a lot of people didn't care for the candy. Um I mean, like, little, the hygiene things, like, little hygiene things would end up being the best thing. You'd think, you know, because I don't think you're allowed to send pornographic materials or tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, send those yeah, toothbrushes like, that are shaped like naked ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like, the playing cards and the something to pass the time. Um, someone sent coloring books uh, for, like, they were, like, superhero coloring books. That's fun. Yeah, we were just, yeah, we were all like little kids. We just hung out around a table and colored. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, and it just, just it's funny, the simplest little thing, but um, my main recommendation would probably be like the hygiene products. You know, yeah, toothpastes and baby wipes and Q-tips. And, and eye drops kind of probably because it's so so much dirt and dust. and. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, baby wipe is the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> yeah, Afghanistan's like Burning Man in hell, right? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, and none of the outfits are cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'm, I, I won't, won't take too much more of your dinner time, but... Um, no, you're fine. I'm just, I'm nibbling. You're fine. So <laughs> since you have children, and since you have a boy and a girl, um, what do you think, and since you have served two wars, and, and are you still in the military? No. Okay. I retired in 2012, okay. medically. Okay. So, um, when they come to you and say, Daddy... Why is there war? Daddy, you know, what What do you think your answer... I mean, that's... All little kids see all this stuff going on, and, you know, they're little, little empaths. Do you, how do you think you... It's got to be a tough one. Um, well, one, I never really worried about the why. I was above my pay grade. I, um, there were Americans dying, so I went willingly to do everything I could to make that not happen. Um, and while there are people putting their lives on the line, I had no right to not do the same thing. Um, and that was my biggest thing was people risk their lives for me and mine. Right. I will not allow myself to think it's okay for me not to step up to that particular plate. That's why I guess that's not exactly what I meant by the question. I meant like when you talk to your kids about the the necessity. I I mean I guess it is kind of an answer of like it. I think kids see things so differently than grown ups, you know. Well, and then and then there's always uh, you know at every single point in any history there are going to be bad men who will stand up and do bad things, and you can't beat back wolves with words. Sadly true. You gotta send wolves to take on the wolves. And uh, you always gotta send a good man, trained, of course, woman, but... uh, I I knew what you meant. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, You know, PC America. Um, Yeah, you gotta send good men who are trained to violence to take out bad men who are committing violence. Yes. With no, with little or no regard, it is, it's a trippy thing. And the thing that it bums me out too, because I know I have some friends that have done the USO tours, which is awesome, and you know they get to see some stuff that normal quote unquote American people don't get to see. And I find it really fascinating. Both sides, the the people that scream from both sides, whether they're quote unquote for or against something, like y'all. Don't have any clue what's going on. Like, just shut up because yeah. you don't know. You're not there. You're not in it. You don't know what the presidents are asking for. Whichever president, whichever side of the aisle, you don't know. You have no idea. Uh, and so it, it frustrates me, and I imagine it frustrates... Nobody wants war. It's not like anybody wants that. It's a ridiculous concept to think. Well, I mean, there's probably some people that want that. I'm not going to speak unilaterally for the whole of the world. <laughs> But, and there are evil men who do evil things, but man, I get frustrated when, when people have big opinions on things they know nothing about. I'm, I imagine that's probably something that y'all have to deal with when you come home and like even when you're over there and were you scared to come back? What is it? Were you scared? I guess the way you came, the first tour in in Iraq, you, you do you come home before you go back out again, or do you? How does that yeah, work? Uh, you're supposed to. A unit is supposed to stay stateside for a full year before they deploy again. 
Um, but uh, sometimes it's a little less or a little more. But you're supposed to be back for 12 months before you go out again so that the unit doesn't burn out. Were you antsy to get back? A lot of us were. Um, I just, it's, it goes to the training. We, uh, you know, we train every single day to do these specific things. We go, we do our daily things. We go to the field. We do all these field ops and these operations and training for this thing. And then, you know, sometimes we, you know, waiting for a while to actually go play the game, quote unquote. Um, you know, you train, 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 practice, 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 and you want to get to the game. You want to go, you know, put on the helmet and do the work. Um, so, I mean, to train, 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 and not get to do it would have been pretty awful. Yeah. Um, overall psyche of any of us, that's a that's a huge morale killer. Having to stick around when you want to go. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of us are gung-ho as hell and, you know, go, 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 let's do it. Yeah. Um, you know, the Marine is a, a really specific breed of animal. Semper Fi. <laughs> Do or die. <laughs> I dated a Marine once when I was younger. <laughs> he was a really good kisser. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a class that they teach us. So. <laughs> they don't teach you that? <laughs> no, he might, he might have brought that with him. <laughs> Maybe he learned it there. Who knows? Wherever he went. He was in the first Iraq War, so... Who knows? <laughs> uh, I really appreciate your time. You are awesome, Tyler. <laughs> Thank you <as> well. <laughs> it's awesome. Thank you I so you much. Being considered. <laughs> Pardon? I appreciate you being considered. Oh, sure. absolutely. And uh, I will tell everyone to send baby wipes, eye drops, and toothpaste. <laughs> Or you can just put assorted hygiene items on yes. that too. Assorted hygiene <laughs> items and a couple coloring books. <laughs> that is such a brilliant thing because what a wonderful way to kind of step outside of yourself yeah. for a minute. That's a lot of it. Is some, you've got to try to get kind of a little bit of a hole in your system um, so you can stay level-headed. Yeah, we, uh, I had a, a, a Florida t-shirt that I would wear when I wasn't working in Afghanistan I wore it every day uh, and it just helped me feel like you know remember what I was doing speaking of t-shirts I forgot I wrote that down you and your father made t-shirts that are hilarious and what did they say <laughs> well uh, it's the front said combat wounded marine some assembly required and uh, the back said I had a blast in Afghanistan I think that's so brilliant <laughs> well, when I first got there, the Marines were the redheaded stepchildren. No one knew what to do with us um, because there were. Uh, Bethesda is a Navy base, and that's where we all went initially. But then the therapy and the rehab was at Walter Reed, which was an Army hospital. Um, they didn't know how to discharge me from the hospital because I was in the Marines. And I was like, it's simple. Where you write Army, write USMC. And they were like, well, I don't know. They didn't know how to discharge me from the hospital. So I was like, all right, well, I have a room at the housing, so I'm going to be there. I'll come back at noon tomorrow and sign whatever you figure out. <laughs> uh, me and my dad were bothered by that, so we we labeled the, <laughs> the wounded Marines. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so funny. I love yeah, it. Yeah. You probably sell those. 
for like well, no, and we never did everyone always tried to give us money and I you know you've earned them get out of my face yeah. um, and eventually they became pretty famous um, in that community and we made uh, combat wounded soldier and sailor shirts as well eventually yeah. That's and awesome. then uh, the last one was um, if you keep staring they may grow back <laughs> and the back said uh, battlefield tested battlefield approved I like it got a yeah nub life oh, nub life that's funny <laughs> too Tyler you are amazing thank you so much for being on the show thank you I appreciate it keep me posted on life and things what is it? Keep me posted on life and things, and I'm, I'm probably will get through St. Augustine on a tour, so we'll have a drink at, at the bar. Yeah, you gotta let me know. Okay. You got my number now. All right. <laughs> bye. All right, bye. Thank you. Thank you. See ya.